Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to Wellness with Liz Earle. And today we're talking on the power of plants and the beauty of botanicals. And as so many of you will know, botanical ingredients have really run like a thread throughout my whole working life. From my first book, Vital Oils, which focused on plant oils for health and well-being, to my work with building a botanically based beauty brand, And then having moved away from that now, my more recent work with fabulous natural ingredients in both food and natural health remedies to boost overall well-being. So it's with huge pleasure I welcome back the leading ethnobotanist Jennifer Hirsch to our studios for a discussion on how and why the plant kingdom manages to provide so many truly fabulous well-being wonders. Jennifer, welcome back. I'm delighted to be here again. And we're talking about one of our favourite, well, one of my (laughs) favourite subjects, your total immersion subject, which is the, the plant kingdom. Absolutely. Now this I'm going to ask specialist you, one. Well, I'm going to ask you first off, what is an ethnobotanist? Because you're not just any old botanist, are you? No. Um, <laughs> I, so an ethnobotanist, botany is the study of plants. Ethnobotany is the study of our relationship with plants, people's relationship with plants. So it goes back over time for millennia, really. So people and plants. People and is plants. ethnobotany. Mm. And what was your journey? What led you to become a botanist in the first place? Um, God, it started really early. Because you grew up where? I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, and my parents had a garden, and I was immersed from the very beginning in plants, very curious, always. My favorite question is why, which you will know, because I ask it all the time. Um, And from there, I went to university, and of course, I didn't know about botany as a field of study, so I have an honors degree in English Lit, of all things. But then very quickly, I went to work with my godmother, who is a noted garden designer and plants woman. She she can breathe on something and it will grow, take root. And I ended up uh, through a very fortuitous series of circumstances at the Royal Botanic Gardens Kew doing postgraduate study. In what? What were you studying? I studied um, a course called the Q Diploma, and it trains you to curate and manage botanical collections. So you'll find Q Diploma grads curating collections around the world. Um, and these and are these are living plants, living, living collections, living sort of collections, gardens, and and there's a lot of research as well, isn't there, that goes on at Q. It's a real hothouse, excuse the pun, for for botanical research. I know from the Aloe unit, I've spent some time with. 
Professor Simmons there looking at the properties of aloe vera. From aloe to all of Chinese medicine to a library of ethnobotanical research. Right, yeah. I can't even say it, my area of study. Yeah. And you have experts in palms. You have experts in mushroom and fungi. I mean, they're really, it is a global attraction if this is your area mm. of study. It's the place to go and learn. And do people still send material for identification into Q if they, if they need to get some kind of accurate information? Absolutely. And amusingly... Uh, there was a plant that was found at a local stall, a local um, floristry shop. In the UK? In the UK, in Kew. No. And what, yeah. It was a, a member of the impatience family, and it had never been properly identified. And the expert for impatience happened to walk by the front of the shop, getting off the train on their way into Kew, oh and picked up a plant, and that is how a new plant was discovered. And impatience, is that the busy Lizzie? Yeah, busy Lizzie. Yeah. How extraordinary. So it had a, like a fancy name for the public. You know, I think it was true love or something horrendous like that before it ever had a proper scientific name, yeah. which I think just shows we're still discovering things. And it's not like it's just far from places. Sweden has discovered loads of new plants over the past decade. Really? Well, that's really encouraging because I think so much of what we hear is about doom and gloom. It's about losing biodiversity and seed species disappearing. So... That is being balanced, do you think, with new discoveries? I think some things we only discover as we lose them, which is really terrifying and sad. But I think the drive to know more, we've now explored our planet pretty much fully. So now it's about getting down to the minutia and understanding the little bits about plants that we might not have ever understood. Essential oils, I think, it's an area where there's not enough study going mm. on into how they can work for us, their impact on skins. Mm. Traditional use usually directs that kind of study. But we need more of it, and it needs to be done so that everyone can use it because people aren't inspired, big businesses aren't inspired to do this research if they can't patent it. So the research isn't getting done. Yeah. And I'm a passionate believer that we'll find amazing things. We'll find solutions to things like MRSA in the plant world. So you're saying that, you know, in looking at the big pharmaceutical companies, obviously they make their money. They spend hundreds of millions on R&D and their lab work, and they can only get that back if they're able to patent something, Absolutely. which, of course, you can't do with a plant. Well, they can patent chemistry from a plant, and they very often do. But if it's something like an essential oil, the efficacy of that oil in its entirety, not in component parts, mm. that work frequently isn't done. So right. we might know what it does on skin, Yes, but we can't talk about it we because can't the, prove we it can't prove it because the research is research so hasn't expensive. been done, and of course anybody who pays for it, that research is then out there for everybody to use, which is wonderful, but it's not a business model, is it? So, no. So it it does mm. mean that there are big gaps in our knowledge, mm. and we're starting to understand more and more. And I think that the wellness movement is really going to push this. I really hope that this mm. is where the drive to know more about the plants that we've grown up with that mm. have been in cultures around the globe that we've been consuming and using and applying to skins and seeing benefit but not maybe knowing why that we'll start to nail down some of those things. Mm. Tell me about some of the um, benefits of the plant kingdom 
in the medicinal world. So we've got things like aspirin that was, was that first identified from willow, from salicylic acid? Salicylic acid. And willow's full of it. And it is just about standardizing something and then frequently making a synthetic copy to make it more efficient. But there are all sorts of things. Menthol is one where it's actually cheaper to make menthol from the plant than it is to synthesize it. So that comes from peppermint. So it comes just, from just from the yeah. normal peppermint herb that we might have in our garden or window box. And it's India is a big place where a lot of it's grown. Is it? Yeah. And what we know about it now, so we've oh you would say mint is cooling. It's one of those inherent things. It's a cool flavor. It's a cool fragrance. Actually it works on your skin in really interesting ways. It's one of the few things that the nerves in your system respond to, and it tells your system, it tricks your system into thinking it's cool. So Which is it's why it has triggering. a cooling effect. So you get yeah. menthol gel that feels very cold on the skin. So it's not actually lowering temperature. No, but it tells your body that it is. And, it is, and it's not lowering. <laughs> so so like if you apply wa- water, something with water yeah. to your skin, your skin does feel cooler. Yes. But that's an effect on the surface of the skin. Menthol actually triggers little receptors, neural receptors, and it fools you into thinking it's cold. Gosh, so if when, you, when you're overheating, then it is a really good yeah. oil or ingredient to be using because at least if you're not physically getting cold, you will feel cooler. Absolutely. It's, and, and plants are so, like, why would you have that chemistry? <laughs> yeah, why? It's, why it's, does it's it definitely do that? not for us. And it, there's got to be some plant benefit or there's got to be some random coincidence to it happening mm. to our skins that way. Mm. Because most of what plants do is out of self-interest. Well, I, I know through talking about India, the neem mm. tree, for example, and I travel quite a lot. And, you know, you and I have traveled on field trips in Africa, which we can come on and, and talk about. But I get bitten to death by mosquitoes. I mean, they are the bane of my life. And neem seems to be probably the most effective insecticide that I've ever come across. And that's from the tree. Presumably, was it there to protect itself from insects to start with? Yeah, it's to put it, it will be to put insects and mammals off from eating it. Yeah. So, I mean, I know how much you hate mosquitoes because you've come into my room in a place in Uganda and checked out my mosquito net to see if it was in better neck than yours. Well, my mosquito net looked like my kind of very elderly grandma's crocheted bedspread. It had that many holes in it. Yeah, mine might have had more. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, all of these things, we know that artemisia, artemisia and artemisia is so effective against malaria. Yeah. And somehow these plants aren't... Mm prone to giving the insects resistance. So where the synthetic Mm. things seem to be developing resistance, insects develop resistance to them, and also the bacteria and the viruses and all those things seem to be developing resistance to the man-made things. For whatever reason, the natural things... Because they've survived through the millennia anyway, maybe. There's an extra ingredient, an extra little chemical compound in the natural material. So Artemisia for malaria, it's Mm. now... Um, synthesized into, I think, a, a product called Coartem. And that is a very effective anti-malarial, both as, as a preventative and as a treatment, if you if you do, do get and it. And it doesn't and, have the side effects that malarone... Yeah, or larium. Or malarium yeah, does, heavens, yeah. Heaven forbid. Um, and that is coming from, is it... Am I right in thinking that's a chrysanthemum... Family. Family yeah. that it comes from. Somebody said that plants are having conversations through chemistry that we are just beginning to start to see that there's a conversation happening there. 
And I think that's so powerful. The chrysanthemum family is filled with things that have activity. Mm. And it's it's the same thing as sunflowers. What's happening that sunflowers? family? Sunflowers have that their oil is fantastic. In fact, one of our local hospitals, Salisbury Hospital, has been working to develop a cream based on sunflower oil Gosh, to treat that's fascinating. Yeah. For for what? For, for... skin complaints, eczema and things like that. Mm. Now personally you and I both know that our opinion would be, yeah, you're using a plant oil and not some of those synthetic things that go in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, my, my view on, on plant oils versus the synthetic mineral oil is I'm not a scaremonger. You know, I don't think that mineral oil is necessarily, you know, that this bad toxic substance, it's just a very bland byproduct of the petroleum industry. It's not necessarily inherently dangerous in itself. But what it doesn't have, of course, is all these added benefits. You know, you get the natural mm. phytochemicals, you get your natural source vitamin E or tocopherols from the plant oils, which are giving you so much more, which is why it's working better on the skin, I guess. And it's that it's a synergy with our own natural moisturizing factor, our own sebum, we are, we mm. eat plants. Our bodies convert parts of plants into the oils in our skin. So it kind of makes sense that there's a synergy. One of my favorite statistics is that we share 24% of our DNA with rice. With rice? With rice. I have not heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, National Geographic have done the, re- the work and proven it. Oh, my goodness. 24% with rice. So okay. we're sharing DNA we share chemistry, linolenic, linoleic fatty acids. Yeah. All of the essential fatty acids, those occur in plant oils. So obviously we should be eating a plant-based diet. I think so. Yeah. And especially if you, I'm really passionate about the concept that it's trite, but you are what you eat. And more than that, that food is medicine. Yeah. So you can really change, make small changes to your diet and mm. see an impact in your overall health and mm. well-being. What do you do as a botanist that, you know, you've learned through your work in terms of food and eating? So um, eat a rainbow. Yeah. So lots of different colors. Every season has different colors. And those are anthocyanins. They're antioxidants. They're real indicators of plant potent plant chemistry. So, so the anthocyanins are coming from the red and purple red and purple. pigment in plants. Yep. So things so like blueberries. Beetroot. Beetroot. Carrots. All these things mm-hmm. have important chemistry. So the more colorful, the better. Yeah. Nothing beige. And the more and the more <laughs> variety. Somehow, in the modern move to the grocery store yeah. and to not growing your own vegetables, we've narrowed our diets. Mm. And we eat a really small number of plants, whether it's as fruit or vegetables, compared to what we were eating even 100 years ago or 200 years ago. Yeah. And actually, we need to widen that back out mm. and eat unfamiliar things and forage in hedgerows and eat seasonal and eat fresh. Mm. All of those things, you're adding the breadth of chemistry that your body's getting and your body knows what to do with it. You don't have to be aware of what you're doing for your body to grasp it and run with it and think, Wow, yeah, I've missed that mineral. I've missed that bit of plant chemistry that I wasn't getting. I'm getting it now, and I know what to do with that. And our bodies are, just in the same way that I think plants are amazing, I think our bodies are amazing. You know, and our skin is our largest organ. People worry about heart health and eating for heart health or looking after your kidneys Mm. or whatever it is. How many people, you know, we 
brain food. Okay, <laughs> these are all relatively small organs when you compare them to your skin. So why shouldn't you be eating for your skin? Yeah, eating for everything overall. And, yeah, definitely. And and it, and it doesn't benefit. have to be exotic, does it? Because no. if if you look at things like cabbage and the brassica family, that has some amazing plant chemistry, doesn't it? It does, and. It's all a diversity. So there's got to be something in there. If you don't like a Brussels sprout, mm. and I don't know why no one likes a Brussels sprout. I, I love, love Brussels them. sprouts. They're <laughs> like my favorite vegetable. I get excited every year when they yeah, roll up. I agree with you. But you can find a cabbage. Yeah. You can find Just a white a cabbage dark, even. But even in the dark leaves, like, mm. you know, the caballero nero. The, oh, caballero nero. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and kale and, you know, all these things. And you, I mean, my yeah. kids actually, they're not huge cabbage eaters. They like red cabbage. So again, you've got the anthocyanins, haven't you, in the purpley yeah. colour. And you, I just cook that up sometimes, even just a little, add a little bit of muscovado sugar and some raisins just to make it a bit sweeter. And they absolutely love that. Um, and the other thing they really like is kale crisps. So just massaging yep. a bit of olive oil into chopped up kale, a little bit of sea salt, shove it in the oven and you've got these amazing, it doesn't take long, you have to watch it like a hawk because it's only about 20 seconds in a hot oven. And you've got these fabulously Moorish kale crisps, which are baked, not fried, and, and full of kale goodness. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And I mean 
this is kind of your gut is your body's doctor. Mm. Well, you're talking my language now, obviously, and this gut is, health. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is really about it's got to start there. And mm. I don't think you have to do drastic changes. Mm. I'm all about like the 2%. You make a 2% change in anything you do in your life, whether it's, you know, doing one act more a week of charity and kindness for someone else mm. or you said earlier when we were chatting about this, drinking an extra glass of One water. One more glass of water, exactly. Make little changes that you can actually do and, and achieve and feel proud of and then build on. And if you're not changing everything at once, you start to see the things that really work for you mm. and make a difference for mm. you. I know for me, I don't have an issue with gluten, but I know when I have less processed white grain in my diet mm. then I'm happier I feel better my skin's better I'm less sluggish I have more energy and it's those small things we're meant to eat plants and we're meant to eat them in not far off the state in which they grow right. so whole grains yes not messed about with not processed no. and I love some of these ancient grains that we're becoming more aware of now things like spelt and frika and teff from Ethiopia and all these different... Amaranth, quinoa, all yeah. these different things. Yeah, and, and that... having a variety is good for our gut too, isn't it? Absolutely, and porridge doesn't have to be just oat. You can use any of those grains. Yes, I've been doing that recently, porridge. throwing in a few buckwheat flakes and things and, and quinoa into the porridge oats just to give it a, a bit of a higher protein content and and just vary it so that you know the body loves that variety. And food should be exciting. Mm. It should be... I mean, we all know I'm not a size two. I have curves and I like my food, but I want my food to be giving back something to me. And that's what mm. I've learned probably over the past year, working with a medical herbalist and really honing what I'm putting into my body, what's missing. I was low on vitamin D and never knew it. Mm. Vitamin and D is such an essential so nutrient, especially living in the Northern Hemisphere as we do here with lack of sunshine. Yeah. We're intended to need a fair amount of it. Yeah. And we have been so careful with our skins and putting on sun cream. And I'm absolutely not saying that you should move away from... No, but we do need, and I've written actually quite a lot about this, saying, you know, don't cover up with sunscreen all the time because we do need that bit of vitamin D coming through. And, you know, I protect the backs of my hands. I protect my face and my neck, the areas where I don't want to get prematurely old and wrinkly. Um, but as for the rest of my body, I think as long as we don't burn and we're sensible, mm. there's a huge value to, to getting some, 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 some ex sun exposure. And talking of sun exposure, somewhere that you and I have been to with plenty of sun exposure is Uganda. We went on our shea butter sourcing trip, didn't we? That was the one with the yeah. mosquito net. That was lace. the mosquito net. And that was very interesting. I can remember sitting under a, a mud hut, literally a mud hut with you looking at these shea nuts that were being collected by the village community and discovering that this particular variety of shea was much richer in vitamin E, so much better for the skin. And just seeing how these plants are hand harvested and the value that using those botanicals brings to that community, the income that those women in particular, because let's face it, it is mainly the women that do all the hard work in these communities, the value that they get for their family through buying these natural raw materials. I mean, it's life-changing, isn't it? It is, and it's something you can do every time you make a choice to buy skincare. If you're buying nat or body care, or mm. if you're buying something that 
is naturally derived that comes from a plant and has a plant at its source, then somewhere in the world, somebody's growing that and the money's going back to that community. You know, I've seen communities all over the globe where Shea is an example. You're putting kids into university now. Through kids Shea through Shea Butter, mm. whose parents would never have seen that as an opportunity for them. And they have, over the course of one or two generations, materially changed the outcome from a community, basically by making the choice of which body cream or face cream you're buying on the shelf. And that, to me, is so powerful and such a statement for doing good and for the choices yeah. that we make and the power of our choices. That's a really interesting perspective, that it's not just better for our skin and better for the planet to be using sustainable botanicals, but that real difference, the fundamental, tangible difference that, that we make through using botanical ingredients. And sorry for the men out there in the world, but this is really, <laughs> for me, I've been to so many communities now across the globe, and by and large, especially in the third world, it's the women who mm. are doing this work. Yeah. And the decisions that they make are decisions about their family, about health, about education. Yeah. So the first thing they do is put food on the table. The next thing they do is to make sure their water's safe. They then are moving on to things like vaccinations and health mm. and putting roofs on schools and creating those opportunities. And they are the core and the heart of these communities. Absolutely. And they're the heart of the difference. Well, I remember when uh, you and I were in Malawi and we were on a field trip looking at Africana kegalia, otherwise known as the sausage tree, because it has these amazingly long sausage-like pods hanging from the tree, and looking at that plant for its skin-tightening properties. You know, what really struck me was this was a wild tree, so it was something that was growing naturally, and it was being chopped down to be turned into charcoal and used for firewood, which was causing soil erosion and lack of biodiversity and all those really important um, global issues that we're facing. And yet by buying the pods from the villagers, it was protecting the tree as well as giving them the income and the livelihood. Sustainable because it was just growing naturally year after year. What an amazing thing to be able to do that. And it also... To me, it speaks to the heritage. You know, our influence in the West hasn't always been positive, and we've sent out True. a lot of fantastic things around the globe, like McDonald's and Coca-Cola <laughs> and things like that. But actually, one of the best things we do is to help people put a value on their local flora and fauna and for them to celebrate it, to see it as precious and as of value and for their heritage and their traditions. You know, when you talk to a local community about how they're using something and what did their grandparents do and why did they do it that way and mm. why are you growing it like this and why? When you ask why mm -hmm. and you engage with them and you're willing to listen, you learn and you give them a passion for their uh, what's their own. Mm. And that's like beyond compare to me. That's the exciting bit of my job. But do you find that as an ethnobotanist, there is this um, difficulty perhaps of being accused of going and raiding cultures and, and kind of raping this natural folklore and traditional wisdom and using it for the, the Western commercial gain rather than putting the money? Is there a danger that will happen and the money doesn't go back to the community? Oh, I think there's an absolute danger that it has happened in the past. And I think there's How an awareness. We buy things that are certified as being ethically traded. I think that's one of the most Ethical important trading. things. Okay, so things like fair trade? Fair trade, but more than that, the Union for Bioethical Trade. 
is one of my favorite labels. Union for Bioethical Trade. And is that a, a label that we see on material? You know, we don't. But it's... How do we know about it then? How, how do we find it we as a consumer? questions, I think. Okay, so you can write to the company. Yeah, I think... I think we want to encourage people to be doing that because mm. it's called UEBT for UEBT. UEBT. Okay. So you can UEBT. send a message on Twitter or whatever to the and company ask. where you're buying from and saying, what's your ethical sourcing policy? Yeah. Does it follow these guidelines? Because they're really talking about the money going back, not just to the people who harvest it, but to the community in which that harvesting is yeah. taking so that you're not creating a disparity between the haves and the haves not that didn't exist it exist in that community before you walked in the door that the community seeing the benefit as well as the individual who's doing the work because it's part of a community resource and that's a really key thing and if you're taking knowledge then you should be making sure that the community's getting something back mm-hmm. and very often that's finance but it can also be help with things like supply chain issues or technical issues challenges that they are finding in their growing or supply of an ingredient you should be putting that back into that community Mm. so that they're really seeing a benefit a real benefit from interacting with you and from sharing their knowledge they're getting knowledge share back so are you hopeful in the world of botany if we if we end on a kind of global note Mm. we hear so much doom and gloom about destruction of rainforests and and the loss of diversity and the loss of ancient seeds. And do you see a glimmer or maybe even more than a glimmer of hope in in these other areas of botany where we can both gain knowledge and health and also put back? Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I really (laughs) am an optimist anyway. But I also think that the more we focus on well-being and mindfulness, you can't escape this. You can't talk about well-being you can't be mindful if you don't understand these things and if these aren't questions that you're asking of yourself and of the people who supply you products Mm. well it's completely fascinating thank you very much for coming back and giving us just a little bit more of an insight i think for me you know every time i i talk to you jen i i look at the ingredients my everyday ingredients that i have in my kitchen cupboards that i have in the fridge with renewed respect and i'm going to be asking questions now i i hope that we can all just get a little bit more inquisitive and and realize the good that we can do actually with our, our purchasing power so Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure. And that is all we have time for today. Huge thanks again to Jen for all her wisdom. Such a great botanical brain on such a fascinating subject. And if you'd like to know more, don't forget that you can head over to lizellwellbeing.com and you will find plenty of fascinating botanical features. We have got lots and lots of information on there, actually, that we've been collating over the years. So it's all free to download and lots of recipes and ideas. So do please take a look. You'll find latest news, offers, wellbeing events to join us in various places around the UK. And of course, you'll find the podcast notes from today's show including information on some of those organizations that we touched on for where to get more information so until next time i'm in your ears thank you for tuning in and with the power of botanicals to guide us let's go well bye-bye
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.